at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Hey, Skull King Nation. You've heard us talk a lot lately about StatRoute. I have not seen any other stat service come close to what they can provide. You can adjust your search filters to see a player's entire career history against a team, a specific coach, or even against a specific defensive coordinator. StatRoute has done the hard part for you. All you need to do is sign up for their service and start working with the various search filters. Right now, you can get a free trial by going to statroute.com for a couple days to get used to how the system works. Once your free trial is over, you can use the promo code SKULKINGFF, that's SKULKINGFF, to get 25% off your subscription for the rest of the 2018 NFL season. So sign up today and get the fantasy stats you need to rule your league. Again, go to statroute.com, that's S-T-A-T-R-O-U-T-E.com, and use the promo code SKULKINGFF, that's SKULKINGFF, to get 25% off your 2018 NFL subscription. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm doing a solo show for you guys today. Uh, host Justin Skullrude Ryan is out today celebrating his birthday, so he will not be on the episode today. We've got another great episode for you guys the week seven review show we're going to be covering a couple of takeaways from all of the games we're going to get into the headlines and the kings and stings in the second portion of the podcast Uh, but before we get started hit that subscribe button on itunes leave us a review a rating if you do hit that subscribe button take a screenshot send it to us and you'll be entered in to win a hundred dollars. And so here we go into Sunday's game, starting with the first game of the day, the Titans versus the Chargers in that uh, early 6.30 a.m. Pacific Coast time here uh, in Seattle is when that game kicked off. Um, Game ended up being determined uh, as the Titans went for two at the end of the game. Controversial call, but they were winning the second half of that game. So I'm okay with them going for it there. Um, I personally probably would have played for overtime where you're guaranteed at least one more snap or or one more possession to be able to play. Your defense has held strong, so trust that your defense would continue to do so for you uh, going into overtime. Really, my my biggest takeaway um, from this this game is that uh, Deion Lewis was able to finally get going. I mean, in this game, he had 150 total yards, 13 carries uh, for 91 rushing yards, six of six, catching the ball for 64 yards. Derrick Henry continued to struggle um, with his um, rushing average being about three. He did get the touchdown. Um, but Tajay Sharp became an outlet for Marcus Mariota in this game. And got seven catches for uh, on nine targets for 101 yards. 
Um, Corey Davis, once again, struggled with a few drops early in this week and on the season still only has one game of more than 62 yards on the season. Uh, I'm beginning to be very concerned about Corey Davis's production. Um, they do get the bye this week. If they bounce back, they should be fine. Uh, moving on over to the Chargers side of things, Phillip Rivers' accuracy is still the great, his greatest asset this year as he completes 73% of his passes today for 300 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the story really for uh, the Chargers side of things is that Gordon was inactive at the start of the day. And once again, for those of you who are waking up on the West Coast, you, pr- you may not have woken up uh, in time uh, to be able to change your roster if you did not see that. And so uh, I was up at, at 5.30 in the morning uh, doing some show prep and those kinds of things uh, for the day, making sure my rosters were set, making sure I put some things out on social media. Um, but he had some cramping on Friday. Um, then just they decided to hold him out. I think it's more a precautionary thing. I think they thought – uh, that they would have been able to handle Tennessee a little bit easier than they did today. So they tried to get uh, Gordon two weeks rest from games. Uh, and then Tyra Williams, uh, who has been known as, as really the deep threat of this offense, um, does it again and is really getting back to his 2016 form where he had 69 catches, 1,000 yards, and seven touchdowns that season. Back-to-back games – of over 100 yards and a touchdown going four for four, 118 and a touchdown. Once again, the Chargers win 20 to 19 uh, at the end of the game. Moving on to the next game, we have um, the New England Patriots and the Chicago Bears with a very painful loss for the Chicago Bears as they threw the Hail Mary that gets caught by James White right at the one-yard line, but he can't muscle it over time expires new england patriots win 38 to 31 but my biggest takeaways from this one is that james white is proving himself to be a top five running back in fantasy football that's right a top five in the likes of an alvin kamara an ezekiel elliott type conversation because of how he's being used in new england in addition there's nobody else in new england sony michelle went down in this game We're still waiting to get more details on what that entails. Twisted his knee up a little bit, was carted off. I'm assuming he misses at least this next week. If he misses more time, obviously James White's stock continues to rise uh, as Michelle stays out. Kenyon Barner's an interesting play. Once again, before you get too hopped up on him, let's see what the the medical – Uh, analysis is on Michelle before you look at going after uh, a Kenyon Barner who had 10 carries for 36 yards. Uh, Josh Gordon proves today that he is an auto start the rest of the way. He he was helped by Gronk being out of this game. Um, Once again, Gronk uh, dealing with a back issue, uh, but I still like Josh Gordon the rest of the way. Targeted seven times, caught four passes for 100 yards, 14 points in your standard uh, PPR formats. But um, he's really proving himself to have that reliability and that continuity and trust from Tom Brady. He's getting more and more of the playbook as the season goes on. 
I'm seeing Josh Gordon as an auto start the rest of the way as that at least flex wide receiver three option for you guys. Uh, and then Tom Brady, once again, showing himself to be kind of matchup proof. Now, Father Time may still show his head towards the end of the season as it did last year. But right now, you have to be very happy with Tom Brady's production, 277 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw an interception, but once again, he gets the win, uh, and the New England Patriots improve uh, to 5-2. and two. On the Chicago Bears side, uh, no one is happier than Trey Burton owners, as Trey Burton finally shows up in a big way, nine catches, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Those numbers... Um, did come at the expense of Allen Robinson, who was primed for a big game against a less-than-stellar New England Patriots defense, but he only caught one pass for four yards. Trubisky had a, a good game. I think it was masked by the amount of points they put up. Um, he, he was able to buy some time uh, with his feet today. Uh, he was the leading rusher on the team, but that's more jab at Howard than it really is a compliment to for Trubisky. Trubisky threw 50 passes. Uh, he only threw for, for 279 yards before that Hail Mary at the end. So had he not caught that, you're looking at under 300 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He does get one on the ground. It's a little bit of a unclear picture, uh, a little bit of a struggle to me, even though he puts up a ton of points today. Um, once again, this is the New England defense who has struggled on defense. You would have thought he would have played a little bit better ball control in this game. And then finally, my, my, my biggest takeaway for the Bears is that they desperately need to get uh, Mac healthy again. Uh, he's such a disruptive force on the defensive line, um, but he's been limited in his play the last two weeks. Um, They've given up 69 points. The Bears have given up 69 points on defense in the last two games. The first four games of the season, they only gave up 65. So without Mac on the field on a consistent basis, this defense is completely different and is getting torched by Brock Osweiler. Tom Brady, not too much of an insult, but Brock Osweiler is an insult. And so Howard owners, stay patient. Game script was about the pass today, so they didn't, uh, rely on him as much in the run. Next game, we won't spend a lot of time here. Um, Buffalo loses 37-5 to to the Colts. Um, huge blowout. Buffalo needs to start trading away pieces in order to improve their team. This team is so banged up, they need to look at some other options uh, in doing whatever they can to improve their team for future years. Forget about this year. Uh, I would say you need to trade Kelvin Benjamin. The Cowboys have shown interest. Um, you just got to move him in order to get some draft picks so that you can hopefully do something with this team. Your defense has been good this year. But with so many turnovers in this game and so many times the Colts were set up with a short field, you can't trust your defense to stop them all the time. And so uh, the Buffalo Bills defense has been a bright spot. Not today. Um, on the Colts side, Marlon Mack had a monster game, 159 total yards, two TDs. Uh, could have been more, but once again, th those short starting points for the Colts proved to be the only thing limiting Marlon Mack. He's helping them create a more balanced offense between the run and the pass uh, so that that should help take the pressure off of Luck and stop some of the all-out blitzes at Luck 
um, because over the last couple of weeks, they've only been able to pass. Uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton, perfect rehab game. Four catches, 25 yards, two touchdowns. They didn't throw the ball deep to him. They didn't need to. Once again, short fields uh, limited having to throw the ball too deep or use him too much. And Luck stays on fire now with 15 touchdowns in the last four games for Andrew Luck. He has been on a tear and should continue to be started in your lineup for future weeks to come. On to the next game. Houston beats the Jacksonville Jaguars 20-7. to Lamar Miller bounces back in a big way after struggling over the last three weeks three weeks gets 100 yards on the ground for the first time this season Deshaun Watson struggled a little bit um, and has struggled over the last two weeks he's been banged up with that chest injury he's been under a ton of pressure no quarterback has been pressured or rushed more times than Deshaun Watson this season Um, it gets a little easier the next two weeks before the bye so I'm looking for Deshaun Watson to bounce back over the next couple of weeks Will Fuller played okay Uh, After having back-to-back single-digit weeks, Kuti is already ruled out for the Thursday night game against Miami. So Fuller should be in your starting lineups because Kuti was taking some of those underneath routes and easy uh, check-down targets away from uh, from Fuller. Um, Once again, that's not necessarily Fuller's game, but uh, easy check-downs rather than launching the ball deep to Fuller is what Watson was kind of doing over the last couple of weeks. And then the Jaguars... Good grief. Blake Bortles fell apart today um, and uh, was benched uh, in the second half of this game. And I'm not su- I would not be surprised if Cody Kessler gets the start in the next week. Kessler went 21 for 30 uh, and a touchdown, led them down the field on his first drive for a touchdown. There was a pick in the game that Kessler threw, but that was really Yeldon's inability to catch the ball as it bounced off his hands. Um, and then the, the real question I want to pose here is, have we seen the end of TJ Yeldon? The Jags traded for Hyde on Friday, as you all know, um, and they didn't need to get uh, or, or they need to get back to the running game in order to be successful. They're not going to be able to rely on Blake Bortles to be consistent enough to win football games. and They need to run. So Hyde is going to be in the lineup and widely used next week, which is going to limit Yeldon. Then when they come back from the bye, Fournette comes back and Yeldon's usage drops even more. So those of you who were who were riding that Yeldon train, you need to find some other options moving forward. And then the Jags defense as well, much like the Bears defense over the last couple of weeks, has just given up way too many points. They've given up 90 points in the last three weeks. Uh, and no team in football is hoping for the buy as quickly as possible as the Jags so they can try and take a week off to figure out what's going on because if they don't, they will miss the playoffs um, this year. And so moving on to the next game, the Detroit Lions against the Miami Dolphins. Detroit wins this game 32-21. to Carryon Johnson had himself a monster of a game, and he is one of my picks. Um, Probably my pick, we may talk about this later in the week, um, but it's my pick to be the rookie running back who's going to have a great second half of the season. Um, Obviously, Kerryon Johnson uh, is running really well for the Detroit Lions. Um, Now two 100-yard rushing games on the season. No one in Detroit had done that over the last couple of years, and Kerryon Johnson has now done that twice. I just wish they would let him finish drives and let him get the touchdown rather than handing it off 
uh, to a Garrett Blunt. And for those of you uh, who were owners of Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay, or Marvin Jones, I would not be too upset about this game. This is not going to be a trend moving forward. Uh, on Johnson was absolutely running all over Miami, so they were going to continue to stick with that. Um, underwhelming performance uh, from the from the Detroit Lions receivers, but once again, that was game script or, or how well they were doing in the running game. Um, Golden Tate, 4 of 6, 36 yards. Marvin Jones, 3 of 4 for 29 yards. And Kenny Galladay, 37 yards. Um, in addition, Michael Roberts, uh, was the one who got the two touchdowns. Michael Roberts has th- or four catches this season. Three of those are touchdowns. Once again, I'm not con- going to consider that to continue. Miami has been sneaky good against the pass for most of the season uh, and has been one of the top 10 uh, wide receiver uh, defenses against the wide receiver since the beginning of 2017. And so this was a game where they were running it all over the field. Uh, and then they didn't need to throw. When they did, they found the elusive tight end or the tight end that wasn't getting covered because no one really is too concerned about Michael Roberts. And so moving on over to the Miami side, uh, Drake had a solid game, but I really think the Dolphins forgot that they were playing the Lions. Uh, Miami only ran the ball 16 times between Gore and Drake. Um, Drake ends with 87 total yards and a touchdown, but he should have had way more. Uh, they should have given him the ball, the ball a lot more or even gore more because the Detroit Lions have been one of the worst rush defenses over the last year to two years. So if you wanted to win this game, I understand you were, you were down for most of this game. I understand that you get back in the game by passing, but the pass-to-run ratio in this game was all off because Kenyon Drake exploded when he had the ball. He, uh, his rushing yard, his rush average before his big um, rush of like 54 yards was still five yards per carry. You, you needed to run the ball. That's how you beat the Lions. You take the ball out of their receivers. Obviously, the ball was taken out of the receivers but because uh, of carry on Johnson, but – uh, I expected a little bit more uh, from Miami's running game today. Amendola had a solid performance today, six catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown, but don't expect too much of that moving forward as he's only had two games with double-digit fantasy points this season. And so on to the next game, another beating. The Minnesota Vikings, 37, New York Jets, 17. Adam Thielen has been the best receiver in the NFL this year, and it isn't even close. He now has 100 yards in all seven games this year. No receiver in the history of the NFL has caught caught seven consecutive games with 100 yards or more in the history of the NFL. And he also has a touchdown in five of those seven games. And so he is by far and away the number one receiver especially in PPR formats. Uh, The Vikings also finally were able to get the running game going. Not a ton of yards, um, but Latavius Murray rushes for 69 yards, 14 receiving yards, and two touchdowns uh, as he continues to do well over the last couple of weeks as Cook continues to sit out. The Vikings have now won three, three in a row, and have a great measuring test this next week against the Saints. They've only lost to the Rams 
and to the Bills, the Bills game obviously being one that they would like to forget, and that was a game that nothing worked and was really a fluke. But I really like the way the Vikings are training um, going into this next week. And then the Jets, they just didn't play well. This, this was, I think this is a game where Minnesota's defense is getting back to what they normally, how they normally play. Um, Donald didn't really play well either, only throwing for 200 yards. After a big week last week, Curse put up zero points, two targets, zero catches. Uh, they released prior. I just don't see a consistent playmaker on the Jets. They're going to struggle the rest of the way if they can't run effectively. So if, if Powell and Crowell cannot be consistent in the running game, this team is in for a world of hurt over the next couple of weeks and in through the rest of the season. Next game, Carolina Panthers uh, versus the Eagles. Carolina Panthers end up coming away with the victory with a come-from-behind win, 21-17. to This was really all about the fourth quarter for Cam Newton. Going into the fourth quarter, Cam Newton had five points. Uh, and had not really done anything yet in terms of fantasy production through the fourth quarter, where Newton brings the Panthers back from down 17 points to win 21-7. to He finishes with 269 yards, two touchdowns, seven carries for 49 yards. Christian McCaffrey really struggled in this game as well to get anything going on the ground, Um, but he gets plenty of production in the passing game to make up for it. Six catches, 51 yards. Uh, for a solid day from him under under his projection, but a solid day anyway. And then Devin Funches remains to be the only pass-catching option that I would even consider remotely having on my team, let alone starting. Um, I'm, once again, only, only guy I would go after, but six catches, 11 targets, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Yes, Olsen got a TD. I get that. Um, but please look beyond the stat sheet. He only ha- uh, he was targeted five times, two catches, five yards. He's not getting downfield what he normally did when he was getting tons of production and tons of fantasy value was when he was getting that deep over-the-middle route behind the linebackers. He is not healthy enough to run downfield that far, so his production is going to be very limited moving forward. So I am not looking at starting Greg Olson. I'm not even looking at having him on my team in 12-team formats unless you are that weak at tight end. And so on to the Eagles side, this is really a different team from last year. I mean, I understand that Jay Ajayi is injured and that Blount went over to uh, the Detroit Lions, but this this team is really pretty much all about the pass at this point. Um... They only had one run in the fourth quarter. You're ahead 17 to nothing going into the fourth quarter, and you only run the ball one time. You need to do a better job at running the football late in games. You can't expect your defense to shut everybody out. So you need to be able to do some ball control, take time off the clock in order to limit the amount of time that the offense has for the other side. You didn't hardly stop the clock or you you stopped the clock all the time you didn't hardly move any time off the clock for Carolina which is what gave them the time to have three drives to score for for three touchdowns um and so but on the flip side in terms of fantasy value 
No running game means huge things for Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey, who will continue to feast the rest of the season. Ertz finishes nine catches on 11 targets and 138 yards. Alshon Jeffrey, seven catches, 10 targets, uh, 88 yards, and a touchdown. And so on to the next game. We have Cleveland versus the Bucks. Cleveland now has been in overtime four times this season. The record is five, set by the Packers, I think back in the 60s or 70s. Um, but they're playing a lot of game at this point. Um, they do end up losing 26 to 23. But one of my, my biggest takeaways for this game, or, or really the story of this game for Cleveland, for me, was that Jarvis Landry was finally able to deliver his first 10-catch game, 97 yards, and a TD. He really has struggled over the last couple of weeks in his connection with Baker Mayfield since Mayfield became the starter. He was a third-round draft pick mostly in most leagues, potentially fourth round depending on how far he slipped, and he has not produced on a consistent basis over the last four or five weeks to justify his draft stock. So I know a ton of people that were, were very frustrated. I tried to trade four Landry in as many leagues as possible with this four-game stretch that's coming up against very weak defenses but was unsuccessful. And uh, this performance uh, justifies keeping him and not, having, not entertaining any thoughts of trades or anything like that uh, over the next three weeks. The second story is Chubb. Uh, they traded Hyde away to give him more touches, and he really delivered in his first start. Uh, he had a slow start, ported on in the fourth quarter, added a touchdown, uh, and had the Browns been smart and given him the ball on the fourth and goal play instead of trying to do a quick rush play with Baker Mayfield, I think they score. To me, it's obvious you give the ball to your 230-pound running back and not your quarterback on a goal line play that short. All the, the quarterback can do is follow the lineman, and if they don't get a good push, there's nothing the quarterback can do. The running back has a few options, can jump the pile if, if they don't get the push or, or can jump it to the outside. There's, just, there's too few options to trust your quarterback on that kind of a play. Uh, and so... Um, and then third, uh, Baker had an okay game, 215 yards passing, two touchdowns, 43 rushing yards. And Joku had a solid game as well, 52 yards and a touchdown. On the Bucks side, Jameis struggled really in this game. Um, bad turnovers, just bad, bad plays really in this game is really what defined him. He finished with 365 passing yards. Okay, great. But two interceptions and a fumble. One TD to get 55 rushing yards. Um, everyone else in this offense really just did their projection. Evans, seven catches, 107 yards. Godwin, five catches for 59 yards. Jackson was held out for most of this game. He did get a rushing touchdown early, um, but then was held out for most of this game really until overtime where he did get two catches for 25 yards. Uh, I would... I would be interested to see if there's any sort of report of maybe a hamstring thing or something to justify why one of your most electric players and deep ball threats was, was limited in this game and really removed from the game after his touchdown. So on to the next game. 
the New Orleans Saints versus the Baltimore Ravens. And this one is a very interesting one uh, as it finished out. Drew Brees now has beat every team in the NFL, and he also threw his 500th career touchdown to Benjamin Watson. Congrats to Drew Brees today. The story of the game really was that uh, Justin Tucker missed his first PAT in his career. Now, I had to look up the numbers. Going into that PAT, before he kicks it, he had been 222 for 222. Seven years of kicking PATs, and he had not missed until that one. And so, rather disappointing, uh, I think um, his the shock on his face is going to be a gif or some sort of meme over the next couple of years as he was absolutely befuddled as to how he missed that because he just he has never missed since coming into the NFL. Um, getting back to the Saints, Alvin Kamara really bounces back this week, um, and all Kamara owners can now stop with their panicking. I've answered way too many questions over the last couple of weeks, or, or the last week, excuse me, um, that when Ingram came back, Kamara's numbers dropped for that one game against the Redskins. Um, this game was really built for Kamara as the Baltimore Ravens line is very stout. Kamara can bounce to the outside more. Um, in addition, Kamara was the number four running back last year, even with Ingram in. So, in, so Kamara owners can, uh, can kind of settle down and be fine. Michael Thomas also bounces back after back-to-back underwhelming games against Giants in Washington with a touchdown. Baltimore really struggled. Uh, in this game to run the football after having a great game against the Titans. John Brown had a huge game going seven for seven, 134 yards and a touchdown catching that, getting that touchdown that then Justin Tucker missed the PAT on there late in the game. Uh, And now on to uh, the Los Angeles Rams for the San Francisco 49ers. We're not going to stay here too long because this was really a blowout from the word go. Uh, Gurley, Cooks, and Wood continue to produce solid numbers. Goff didn't need to do much today, so he only got 202 yards. Uh, on the 49ers side, um, their season is just not going uh, as planned with a bunch of injuries so far this season. Um, Breida did injure his ankle and was out for the next two drives. Then he fumbled, and at that point, the game was out of hand, and I think they wanted to. Um, protect really their starter who's been running back 15 in fantasy football. Not that they care about the fantasy football stats, but he has been a very electric player. Um, Morris didn't hardly play last week. Mostert is a a rookie and, and not really known that much. And so I think because it was out of hand, they didn't want to risk uh, Matt Breida. So Matt Breida does end up with negative points this week because of the fumble. Um, But I think Breida can bounce back. Kittle is continuing to prove himself to be a top five tight end. Goes five for eight, 98 yards and a touchdown in the only bright spot for the San Francisco 49ers this week. Now on to the Dallas Cowboys versus the Washington Redskins. This was just plain an ugly football game. Um, this was not really fun to watch today. Um, Dak kind of impressed me, but I'm going to put context to that because I thought he was going to revert back to 
Brock Osweiler type numbers. Um, did okay, 273 yards and a touchdown. Uh, six carries for 33 yards and uh, a rushing touchdown. But he had that fumble that ended up being a touchdown for the Washington Redskins, and that cost him. Uh, ended up two total fumbles. Ezekiel Elliott just absolutely struggled in this game. 15 carries, 33 yards. His longest rush was six yards. I'm going to chalk this one up to uh, a very, very good Washington Redskins rush defense um, that bounced back after getting gashed by uh, Mark Ingram in a previous week. And so Ezekiel Elliott struggles, but once again, if you can stop Ezekiel Elliott, you should be able to own the Dallas Cowboys. Gallup had an okay day with a deep touchdown pass reception from, uh, from Dak Prescott. On the other side, for Washington, this was just ugly. I mean, I think they're very fortunate that they were able to get a defensive touchdown because I don't really see them scoring many points right now with how banged up they are. Chris Thompson is out. Uh, wide receivers are all banged up. Uh, and so Bibbs had an okay game, uh, really only touched the ball f- uh, six times, two carries for 13 yards, four catches, 43 yards, and that touchdown. Um, Adrian Peterson almost rushed for 100 yards. Again, they're really relying on Adrian Peterson to run the ball, eat clock, uh, and really try and control the game from that perspective. Um, they're atop of the NFC East at this point, and a lot of people think that Washington uh, is going to win the division. But to me, before I believe in that, they've got to get healthy. And so, and now the last game on the docket, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals faced the Kansas City Chiefs in what was supposed to be a good measuring test for Cincinnati as they were going up against one of the top three teams in the NFL. Obviously, it's the Rams, the Patriots, and the Chiefs. Rams still remain undefeated, um, but this was really a measuring test. The Bengals have played better than expected so far this season, but not tonight. They they got the doors blown off of them. Andy Dalton, 148 yards and a touchdown and interception. Mixon uh, struggled but I think game script really dictated that they were doing other things than trying to mix in the run. Uh, A.J. Green, 7 for 14, 117 yards. At one point, he had uh, 116 passing or 117 passing yards, uh, and the rest of the offense had done hardly anything. And then they just shut down A.J. Green the rest of the way. Um, on the other side of the ball, the Kansas City Chiefs just rolled over the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs defense looked great this week only because the offense kept putting up points and it forced the Bengals into a single-dimension football game. Mahomes goes off again, 358 passing yards, four touchdowns, four carries for 45 yards. He does get an interception as the only blemish for him on the day. Kareem Hunt, what a Beast, 15 carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown, uh, five receptions, 55 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. He's an absolute monster. For those of you who are concerned about his production earlier in the season, this game should prove to you that the Kansas City Chiefs offense can score in multiple ways. Their, de- their offense is going to score a lot of points. 
you just may end up being the Sammy Watkins type owner that week that you got four catches for 74 yards and maybe Kareem Hunt rushes for 80 yards and they throw the ball to other people. It's just one of those things that I would rather have Hunt than not have him because of how many points the Kansas City Chiefs are scoring rather than have the consistent 12 to 15 points from a guy who's mostly going to score all the time. And so Tariq Hill, once again, another monster game, uh, seven catches, 68 yards and a touchdown, already covered Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, another practically 100-yard game from the tight end perspective, five catches, 95 yards. Uh, it is clear to me that the Kansas City Chiefs, the New England Patriots, and the uh, the Rams are the top three teams. I'd really put the Vikings at number four based on how they played today. But really, this is a three-dog race for the rest of the NFL season. And so that wraps up our our weekly review for week seven. Be sure to uh, head on over to our website for all of our articles, news, and those kinds of things. Hit us up on Instagram and on Facebook. This has been the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast Week 7 Review, and I want to thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.